And joining me now is Yulia Mendel, former press secretary to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky and author of the newly released Fight of Our Lives. Thanks so much for your time. Congratulations. Uh, thank you for having me. So you must have written this as the war was going on. Uh, what made you decide that this was the right time to put your thoughts down? Well, this is the story of my country that comes through my personal story. And what was going on, that was the period when we had a feeling that everything is collapsing around us. That was the matter when all our existence was really doubted. And we saw everywhere sufferings and the Russians were killing our people, torturing our people and destroying everything around. I just needed to go out with this story, right? Uh, this is when Ukraine mattered. And what is the most important fact for me? I wanted the world to know that we will stand. Uh, we saw that so many countries believed that we would not, but I knew that our people were devoted to Ukraine. And so my book shows that we are not victims. Yes, we are the objects, the targets of Russian aggression, but we are the fighters and we are going to fight back as much as needed to stand for our independence and for democracy. You must be encouraged that this book is coming out at a time when it looks like for the first time uh, in a while that the Ukrainian army is in fact pushing Russia out of some of the areas that it had occupied for a while. Well, the Ukrainian army is doing the best PR here. Uh, yes, the progress um, has been amazing. And to be frank, this is the celebration for every Ukrainian. Um, we really, you know, are tired in physical level, but we have high morale, all of us. People are devoting uh, uh, life to this battle on the front lines, but on also in the rear. A lot of people are devoting life to deliver all the humanitarian aid, the weaponry, uh, to help with you know medical assistance, volunteering in any possible way. Uh, so this is a big celebration. And I know that many people in occupation, they really are waiting for the Ukrainian army, literally praying every day that the Ukrainian army comes as fast as possible. And you have a personal connection to this too, don't you? Like every, like most Ukrainians, you have people there that you love who are fighting. Russia destroyed the village where I spent all my childhood, where my grandparents, uh, uh, parents of my mother and father both lived, destroyed their houses. That was the village where I read all the books in the local library. I ate cherries, you know, I made my first steps, had friends. And yeah, I'm from Kherson region in the south of Ukraine. It's under Russian occupation. And uh, I feel like it's terrible. Uh, right? Russia tried to take over my memories. Russia tried you know, to scare everyone and put under threat the life of the dearest uh, of my family. Russia destroyed so much. I know half of my family has left and my granny, who's 82 year old, she was sitting in the basement with a wounded leg, just hearing uh, and, and sh shrinking from all the missiles. And when she went out, she saw that her house was destroyed. Uh, she was lucky to leave. She is now in Kiev with me. We are taking care with about her. But there is so much anger. And it's very difficult to understand what they are doing. And it's very difficult to forgive what they are doing. Tell me how you wound up from the library in a village in Kherson 
How did you make it to the presidential palace? It's quite the story. Maybe this is where everything has started. Yeah. <laughs> where first I read the books, you know, and then, you know, I, I, I decided to study in this uh, way. Um, you know, uh, President Zelensky came to power in 2019 being as much popular as a rock star. Like it felt like everyone wanted to work for him. And he was the first Ukrainian president to open transparent competition for such a huge political position as his press secretary. Um, I really doubted if to participate. There were like around 4,000 applicants. Uh, you know, but I made it, which shows that it's possible. So uh, the last interview was, of course, with him and with around eight people around. They were like media sharks, you know, targeting the most difficult questions in Ukrainian politics. And I needed to respond as if I were already the press secretary. But I think there was one answer that actually made Zelensky hire me. He asked, what was my motivation for this job? And I said, look, if you are a man from like quite a poor background from some province in Ukraine, and you could become the president of the country in a democratic way. And I'm like, also from a poor background, another girl, you know, from another Ukrainian province, and I can in transparent way become your press secretary. What is it if not a Ukrainian dream? And I think then he understood that we shared the same vision of, of the country. And that's when he decided that he will select me. That's a remarkable, that's a great answer, I, I imagine as well. You must have, obviously you knew who he was, everyone knew who he was. But did you think that he, if ever the day came that the Russian invasion would begin, that he would he would be the way he has been? I was five years old when I was watching him on TV playing different roles in this very strange suits, you know. Uh, later, he was tackling politicians like he was targeting them as objects for his sarcastic jokes. He was trying to reveal uh, corruption and uh, wrongdoing, say, in his show uh, for all the Ukrainians. So, of course, everyone knew what he was. But to be frank, working with him shoulder to shoulder is a little bit different because everybody expects that he's a comedian and his his life is just you know a constant laugh or a smile and joke no it's not it's wrong like he's a very serious person for the matter that first of all he is an educated lawyer and second he made like absolutely impossible thing he built from the scratch from nothing a huge empire of humor huge business in post-soviet space so he deals with everything in a very serious manner he jokes from time to time but for instance when people um heard like when people heard that he is not leaving the country during the war i was not surprised I was traveling with him to Donbass region where the military action had taken place like for eight years already. And I saw how he was returning to the place of shelling just, you know, to stay with with the soldiers during shelling to show that the president is not leaving. How he was going to the front line to handshake with, with uh, uh, our soldiers. So I knew that he just could not leave. This is the kind of person he was. And thanks to this, you know, we are staying here as an independent country and we are fighting back. My guest this half hour is Yulia Mandel. She's former press secretary to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. She's just released a book called The Fight of Our Lives, um, which is about her experiences, but also about Ukraine's experiences, both leading up to and now 
uh, during the Russian invasion. Uh, Yulia, you must have had a, a, a you know a front row seat to a lot of what was going on prior to the to the invasion. What were his relationships like with other foreign leaders? Uh, Vladimir Putin, for instance, Donald Trump, obviously. Well, for Vladimir Zelensky, um, the uh, matter to achieve peace in Donbass was like the priority in his politics and policies. But I think there is no better way to describe their attitudes, I wouldn't say relations, but attitudes to each other uh, uh, by describing their only meeting at Normandy meeting, um, so the meeting of four leaders, uh, Ukraine, Germany, France, and Russia to to try to negotiate peace at Donbass in December 2019 in Paris. they are from different generations. Uh, Zelensky is 44. Um, Putin is now 69. And uh, they are like really different. They have different approaches to life. They have different worldviews. And what is really very interesting, Putin has demonstrated to the whole world that he is unstoppable, in many ways very scary, um, that he has no limits in you know, terrorism. And that's, that's why everybody imagines him as a strong, as a monster, you know, strong person. But in fact, when I saw him negotiate in peace, I understood that he's really a bad negotiator. And that's, this has a very logical explanation. He has not negotiated anything uh, since he became the president of Russia, like for, th- for 23 years, he was just ordering people to do what he wanted to do and never wanted to hear anything different. So how on earth he can be a good negotiator? Zelensky was very prepared. Yeah, it was like uh, there were a lot of stakes for him. Right. So he um, really knew everything in details, what was happening in Donbass. And that was a huge surprise for everyone, including Putin. Zelensky uh, kept repeating his positions over and over again, while Putin started from his own propaganda and then just uh, was really lost he was always asking his advisors and like Lavrov, what's going on? Like saying, we will need to check it. I'm not sure about the information, avoiding answer, you know. So that was, that was, you know, he didn't look like really a strong person. Yeah. And that's where I understood that he was of such an old age. And I mean, not age, but of a worldview, you know, of thoughts, of manual behavior that, this is not the country of the future. This is the country of the past. Yeah. And and the fact that he so underestimated Vladimir Zelensky as well, that Russia so underestimated Vladimir Zelensky as well. Well, this is a joy for us, right? But on the other hand, look, the whole world underestimated what's going to happen. Uh, somebody in the West believed that Ukraine could collapse in a few days. Somebody believed that Ukraine could collapse, e- collapse even in a few hours, uh, as well as, you know, Russia believed that. And Ukraine actually, yeah, we believed that there would be escalation. But many people thought that escalation would be in Donbass and that, no one would start such a large-scale, brutal invasion in 21st century. What's your favorite story in the book? Guys, I'm sure you've, you've, you've shared many anecdotes about, about life with Vladimir Zelensky and working in the office, especially in the time that you were there. Uh, what's the one that you love the most to share? 
I think uh, the stories about our travels to Donbass, um, one of them, I can, you know, draw a picture of it. Uh, Zelensky brought uh, the president, the leader of another country there. And it happened, they renewed a big bridge that connected the occupied Ukrainian territory where Russians and separatists were staying and Ukrainian, Ukrainian controlled territory. Right. When we arrived there with the delegations, it appeared that on the other side of the bridge, there were uh, people with the rifles and people in Russian television. And nobody allowed Zelensky and the other leader to come there because it was very dangerous. He really debated. He really wanted to go there. They negotiated with the security for some time. And Zelensky, the leader, and very few people from the security really went to that breach. In this way, Zelensky wanted to show that he is the leader on this land. He is not going to be scared. Mm-hmm. He's going to risk for showing you know, that this is his country. That was very important. Yeah. Tell me, lastly, tell me a bit about your relationship with him, because I know you have similarities, you have similar fates, you're from similar backgrounds, you're from similar parts of the country, more or less. Um, less. You have a lot of, you had a lot in common with, with, with the new president, maybe not a comedian, a journalist, but you had a lot in common with him or you have a lot in common with him. Never thought about myself in that way, but um, you know he is a very hardworking person, and what I really respected while working with him that he devoted all himself to different challenges. Um, he he ha- loves coffee and drinks like endless cups of coffee, and he is like addicted to sports. And um, this is what I respect, and I really by myself. Uh, like going to sports you know if we talk about personal stuff too um so um yeah like for you to understand he was going for jogging even when he were coming we were coming to donbass um but um yeah i think we shared the vision of the country and that was really very important for me and i really think that was one of the most exciting and exhausting but exciting uh, time of my life do you miss it Partially, of course. <laughs> How can I, can I not? I was meeting the world leaders. I was handshaking with Angela Merkel. I was at negotiations with Donald Trump. I saw Vladimir Putin. I mean, you know, these are big things. You are the part of the history. And I believe this history will be successful. Yulia Mandela, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations. Thank you so much for having me.